0: welcome to the e6 podcast the e6 podcast is a place for candid conversations from colonial church we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning what's going on in the world and how it all applies to our lives as christ followers all right everybody welcome back it is episode 10 of the e6 podcast at Colonial Church, we are glad to be here. My name is Brooke, and I've got some friends along with me. Who's with me today?
1: Hey, my name's Tanner and uh, Ten. I feel like we should be like doing like an anniversary. Level it's our
0: tenth anniversary. Ten
1: episodes. <laughs> is
0: that like the is that like the the paper anniversary? Like here's a sheet of paper. Congratulations, yes, exactly. Like, here you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> we created you a plaque. You moving can tape on. Tape it on the wall.
1: <laughs> participation oh, award. It. That's right. That's what, right, it is. That's what it is. It's, it's
2: it's a participation <laughs> ribbon. That's all we got. And we also have. Lauren Jones. Hello. Yes. One of the pastors here at Colonial. I'm excited. Double digits. Wow, you're, you're excited. And Tanner is not apparently excited. Usually he says, I'm excited right Every away. other I'm episode, he said, you I were tried excited. to change it up.
1: <laughs> I sang for you guys. You did. It was
2: Tanner singing. A lot of y'all thought that was me singing Lauren, but Definitely. that was, no, that was Tanner. With that was
1: your hopes. reward. It's a good, nice surprise, right? That was your
0: reward for making it through nine whole episodes <laughs> and for some reason starting the 10th one. <laughs> yeah. Not really sure. Um, well, thank you guys for being here. Um, it's been. Uh, it's been an interesting year, but uh, last week we talked about um, a new a new friend of yours, yeah, Taylor, yeah, I yeah. believe, and yeah. you have an update for us. And so I yeah. wanted to make sure we had time to talk about your update. Okay, of this yeah. Let's
1: start with the important stuff before
0: we before we dive into any of this.
1: Other yeah, stuff. yeah. So uh, last week we talked about we actually got a question. Yes, uh, from Doris the chicken. Doris the chicken, uh, and uh, Doris uh, is a longtime listener of uh, <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Uh, It's already uh, going downhill Doris has been with us uh, (laughs) since episode one Wow Uh, So all the way back to episode one Uh, Guys, uh, Doris died Doris the chicken
2: Doris is no longer with us She's no longer with us
1: Uh, How long do chickens live? (laughs) Quite a while But as long as you're You're not Quite a As long as you're not eaten by a dog is
0: that the normal death of a chicken? Yeah, is that well, how they go? It seems Foxes,
1: to be. It seems to be the most accurate biotes. way of a chicken dying. Because like I thought like dog. Tyson,
0: like the company Tyson was like who kills the most <laughs> that's chickens. The like that's that's, that's where well, I, actually, I figured. If you're a true. chicken, most likely it's either going to be KFC, Chick fil A, or <laughs> Tyson. So Not don't, a dog. Like you him. don't want.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, apparently, the dog was Fair really point. hungry and. Um, was it really? Did it really? What kind of dog is this? Dog? Like, is this a big wait, 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 dog? No, wait,
2: I'm just catching on. This happened. Doris was taken by a canine.
1: Doris was taken by a canine. This is terrible. Why I'm are we? Pretty re- sure. I'm pretty sure Doris now is part of raising Canes. Right. <laughs> well,
2: I,
0: I I will say. <laughs> I know, that's terrible. That sauce <laughs> is amazing. By the way. Now I'm hungry.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, Doris. Uh, we love you. Prayers go out to Doris. Well, uh, I would say
0: I would say on our 10th anniversary here that as the chicken who listened to all 10 episodes that died, or at least nine episodes, mm-hmm. it wasn't the 10th episode that killed them. It was the dog. It was so the dog. There is no worries. You can make it through the episodes, and right. it's not going to be <laughs> detrimental to your health. Does everybody just yeah. fast forward like Maybe. the first...
2: 8 12 <laughs> minutes of our conversation Probably. because of these moments. It's
0: not it's not good for your <laughs> mental health. Say <laughs> so, woo yikes. Uh okay, well um so let's let's talk about something a little bit more positive than the yeah. death of a, a, a close a dear one, a close friend. Yeah.
2: That's a chicken. I'm not going to lie, I didn't really know Doris and I'm not broken up about it.
1: <laughs> I'm heartbroken. I just you know just uh Doris. Mm. Wow. Okay, moving on. So uh, we
0: have, um, I wanted to take a, a minute just to, to, uh, to read out a couple of the reviews that we've gotten um, because they're pretty awesome. And um,
2: That's good to hear. We oh, got,
0: some, yeah, we got right? some positive feedback. Just don't share the bad ones. Okay? Just not the bad ones. Yeah, I already deleted those. So if <laughs> yes. you're looking for them online, you can't see them. <laughs> do we really, do we really get some scathing email? negative reviews no. of any
2: kind? For real? No, for real.
0: Why would I share that with you? I don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh, well, <laughs> no, we don't. I'm just no. kidding. Okay. All right. One says, uh, "One says, hey, uh, keep it up. You're doing a great job, and I look forward to each week's episode. Keep saying the hard stuff. Keep pushing for more. We are growing from you." I thought that was that's awesome. That was pretty that's pretty really Cool. But my favorite one so far is it says, um, "Sets the pace as an intri- as intriguing without being overbearing. Fascinating conversations, even for agnostics like me. I'm always a bit leery of spiritual folk without a sense of humor, and there are there is plenty of humor, like Doors the Chicken." Uh, her short life, yeah. In in the in this show, so um, I thought that was uh, I that's, thought those were good, right? So so at least there's one person who doesn't fast forward, or at least whenever they wrote this, <laughs> had not fast forwarded through the first you know eight to ten. Hey, minutes. I'm gonna
2: jump on. How cool is it that someone who would call themselves an agnostic, right? Uh, skeptic, cynic, doubter of of Christianity, whatever whatever way they would describe that. And and still enjoy our conversation and still appreciate where we're coming from as Christian pastors. Uh, that's incredibly encouraging That's pretty me. cool. Yeah. That's super it awesome. makes me want to keep doing this. Absolutely. For real. Well,
1: it makes me want to meet that person. Like, I know. Thank it you. Ma- <laughs> yes. Thanks so for, if that was
0: you, thanks for doing that. Yeah, if you want to give us an email, podcast at colonialchurch, uh, yeah. dot com, we would uh, love to have a conversation with you just Absolutely. to see who
2: you are and say hello. and Yeah. Um, well, and to reiter- I don't have anything to offer you, so you to know. reiterate, <laughs> if I understand you correctly, Brooke, uh the way podcasts work, because I'm mm-hmm. a rookie here, but good reviews, especially on iTunes, don't just make us feel good, but they help promote and get the word out. If I right. understand right, it right, just, they it do. just repeats the the clicks and the searches. And- yes,
0: well, you know, like. um, I think it's uh, you know Facebook, who owns Facebook and Instagram, right? They the way that that works is the more people that like your stuff, the more people that share your stuff, the more put people that they put it in front of, and so the higher it gets on your feed and all those kinds of things. And so when people um, give us a review and they give us five stars and and all of those kinds of things, then it starts to put our podcast into, hey, you also might like this, and oh, you yeah, also yeah. might like this. Ooh. And so um, if if you're you know, the type of shopper that goes through the grocery store and then it's all the stuff at the front, like when you're about to pay and you're standing there for five minutes because you chose the wrong lane at Walmart <laughs> yeah. and you should have switched, but you didn't and now you're stuck in that lane, that you have all these other things that they're like, hey, we see that you bought stuff, but you might also like this piece of gum. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. The uh, podcasts work the same way. So yeah. when you get to a podcast and you're looking at the one that you're about to start in in Apple, they um, they say, hey, Help here's, here's be- some other ones, right?
1: Help us be the piece of gum. Right.
0: Be that piece of gum that you uh you bought and it was like, oh, that was awesome for like five minutes. Yeah. And then you spit it out.
2: I don't know if that's a good maybe that's <laughs> not a good energy. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not good. You're giving me the eye. I I zoned out a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I fast. What I hear you saying all is all we more more positive reviews or more more reviews in general are just gonna help us. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, and and also Apple is the um, the source for a lot of podcast apps. So um, uh-huh. so the higher it is on Apple, the better it does on Apple. Then the more right. the it more the other, other yeah, yeah, the, the, the gotcha. better it does on the cool. other ones too. So we well, awesome. bring on
2: the reviews, bring yeah. on the questions, bring on the feedback. Yeah. Uh, yeah so this... thank
0: you guys for all of those. We we really appreciate that. So um, before uh, we're just going to dive in because we got we got lots to talk about today. Yeah. Um, we have a question, and Lauren, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this off to you and let you uh, you run with this however however you'd like to. But we got a question that came in after the last couple of weeks um, as we were dealing with race. Before we talk about this this new series and all that kind of stuff that we're talking about, um, it says so. I grew up in a small town known for being racist, and I have a fa- and I have family who are racist. So one, how do I talk about Seeing racism all the time, but not being a victim of it, or but feeling powerless to do anything about it, and that's in an honor in an honoring way to actual victims. And two, how do I deal with people I love being involved with something that I despise? So it's super easy question, three words, and we'll move on. Right? That
2: that's a good question. That's multiple really
0: good questions. Right. I'm from, a, I'm from a racist town. I have people in my family who I believe are racist, and I, I want to be able to oh. talk about this, but I don't know how in a way that's honoring to people that are dealing with this or that are affected by it, mm. and, um, and how do I continue to love those people that are involved in something that I think is
2: yeah. bad? oh Well, I guess a few, a few different thoughts come to mind from my perspective. One is first thing I hear is is this is your background this is where you've grown up this is what you observe to be true and real in your community that's just one more sobering discouraging real voice that I'm hearing that's saying this still matters this is still real Uh, I think that's part of the gift of of some of the friends I've made uh the last uh couple years, as well as the things I've read, uh, uh, you know, being able to engage with Brian Stevenson's story Mm -hmm. is it just, it brings it home. This is one more voice that's taken the time to email us that says, I don't understand when somebody says racism is gone or racism is not an issue because Mm -hmm. it is an issue in my community. So I, I, if I can digress for a minute, man, I had, uh, two really subs, no, three, really substantive conversations this last week. Three different, uh, I'm going to call all three of them friends, even though one of them is a very new relationship, but three different friends who, who all happen to be black. And all three of them ha- got, shared stories with me about how they are experiencing racism. Not did, not read about it in some book, not just went to the different water right. fountain when they were a kid yeah. in the 60s, but, but today. Right if I can be this bold here in Wichita Falls, mm-hmm. say, I'm experiencing this. Mm-hmm. And anybody who says, I don't see it, you need to hang out with me for a week. Yeah. I heard that from three different voices, unrelated uh, to each other. And so then to have this person email in and say, this is really going on in my hometown and where I'm from. And it's just one more, again, sobering, real voice saying, this is why we talk about it. This is why we've got to talk about how the gospel of Jesus intersects with a very real issue. So one, thank you for being so honest and emailing us. Now, how do you deal with that? How do you interact with a whole community that thinks that way from your perspective? How do you how do you love people and do life with people that you despise, you know, at least one aspect of of who they are or what they what they're what they're choosing to live out? I don't have an easy answer for that. I'm not going to give you a trite hallmark response. I would say that the call of Jesus on each one of us is how do I influence the person right in front of me? Yeah. How do I, how do I influence this one? It, it's such a, it's such a cheesy story, but I, I was talking to you guys about this before we started recording. You know, I think I heard this when I was in high school from some cheese ball youth pastor, but he was just, telling this this oft used story of of seeing this guy on a beach uh, picking up a starfish and throwing it back in the water cuz it was going to die and then he walked another 20 yards and he picked up another starfish and he threw it back in the water cuz it was going to die and there's this beach full of starfish that had washed up and somebody walks up to him and says why are you why are you doing this like you're not you're not you can't save all these starfish yeah. you can't change the world all these starfish it, what difference does it make? And the guy leans down, he picks up another starfish, and he says, it makes a difference to this one. Mm. And he threw it back in the water. And as cheesy as that is, that always stuck with me. Like, can you change a town? Can you change a whole family dynamic? Can you change a whole people group? Um, that's beyond my pay grade. Mm. But you can you can love that one person in front of you. you can, You can stand up and say, this is not, right, this is wrong. You can, you can model with your actions uh, the way you are accepting and, and loving to all kinds of different people. Um, there's other things we can do. We can vote on legislation. We can um, march with Martin Luther King and, and anybody else who's doing those kinds. There's different ways we can express our views. But I would say ultimately, uh, as Christians, um. I think first and foremost, we have, to, we have to live it out firsthand. Yeah, I'll say this as, a, as someone who speaks publicly on some things. Uh, one of these three conversations I had with these gentlemen this past week, he boldly said to me, I appreciate it so much. He thanked me and encouraged me for the work I am doing, but he called me out and said, we're watching what you do. Hmm. We're watching, are you spending time with people different than you? Because you're telling us to. Are you going to love and accept people different than you and maybe even empower them to lead alongside you? Hmm. Or are you going to keep it to some old white guys in the corner? We're watching you, and uh, I appreciate that. I think that's a great call on me, and I'd make that same call to our, our, our friend who emailed us. Is All you can do is be faithful yourself and focus on um, how you're living out the love of Jesus And the truth of the scriptures, uh, day in and day out. I hope I hope that doesn't come across as too too generic and.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's the I think it's the hard thing is like you know we don't know we don't know what the situation is or or what it's like, and um, we have we have the life of Jesus to rely back on, where obviously his (laughs) as as the as the man put to death. Um, he, he didn't have like an easy life of of telling people what they didn't want to hear, and right. you know, in in going with the flow. So it doesn't mean that it'll necessarily be easy. I think the only thing it, you know that I would add is is not knowing how you're. You know, you see that racism manifested, in, in whatever whatever aspect that is. But the best thing I can I could say is is in whatever way you can bring humanity to the people that are being degraded. Mm. You know, mm. that that a lot of times it's you know we're not experiencing those those conversations, or somebody that's that's acting racist or doing something racist may not have any of that kind of interaction at all. And so the best thing we could do is to bring humanity to the Person that is being degraded and mm-hmm. and being being
2: thrown under the bus, if you will. I yeah, that's a great that's a great call. Adding, adding, bringing dignity yeah. to the people that are being devalued, uh, for their sake and for everybody who's watching. Mm-hmm. Both those things are huge. I, I would add this too. Um, you know, I I did get a secondhand pushback from somebody that I assume goes to our church that uh, said something along the lines of, I, I really don't think we should be talking about this stuff and you're making me feel like a racist,
3: hmm.
2: which breaks my heart. Uh, but the more I've thought about it and even talked to a couple good friends about it and our church, uh, on a leadership level, uh, first of all, we, I can't make anybody feel a certain way. I'm not going to own that. Uh, I think that's I think that's between each of us and the Lord and, and, and to really examine why am I feeling that way. Uh, I've also been encouraged and affirmed I, I haven't. I, th- I think that's, I frankly think that's the Lord. I think that's the Holy Spirit that convicts us, makes us uncomfortable. Because to your point just now, I mean, Jesus loved the Samaritan. Jesus called out the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees for, for not, in part, for not loving the least of these for not touching the leper for not, you know, for getting all consumed with religiosity and rules and not loving people really well. And, and what happened to him? Right. You know, he, he literally was, was plotted against. He literally, multiple times, multiple times. He, there were multiple attempts on his life and he would, he would slip away slip through the crowd. Uh, Cause it wasn't time and he was ultimately <laughs> in charge. And then at the right time he let them, have their way, which was to arrest him, torture him and kill him. And so I think we lose sight of maybe in this context, for example, of our, our emailer, uh, it may not be effective to stand up for the right thing. It may not lead to change to speak truth from the scriptures and love like Jesus. And it may end poorly. Right. (laughs) Uh, MLK jumps off the history books. He was assassinated. Right. It doesn't always end well does not change what's right. Right. Does not change what we're called mm. to do and be as Jesus followers. And boy, that's a word. That's a good For uh, me to hear too. That's a good three-step process to <laughs> fix, yeah. fix races. Your sarcasm yes. is noted. Yes. <laughs> it's not clean, it's messy, it's costly and yet we got to be
1: faithful. Mm. Well and I this one this question I, I wrestle with this all the time. I I I I totally relate to this to these two questions. You know, uh I I was raised in a town that arguably uh has racism all over it. Uh, unintentionally, I think for most unintentionally um and it it comes in the way it manifests itself in kind of the way of um, uh a, a poor joke that is said or um in nonchalant you know just conversation it's not meaning to be um offensive but by by the nature of it is mm. and so uh wrestling with family who you know I love uh I love how we have we've talked about on on the podcast even about the question isn't "Are you a racist?" It's "How does racism manifest itself?" And so, you know, on on the surface, I ask any of my family, "Are you a racist?" Absolutely not. Right. No way. Um, but there is mm. racist influence and innuendos and things that just kind of come up. Um, in a in a, I don't know, in a uh, trying to be. Not in a harmful, spiteful way, but in a, in a in a joking manner. Things
0: that, that have been internalized.
1: Exactly, you know, and it's just what you grow up with, and uh, it's what people do. It's socially acceptable. It's the social norm, and we don't even give it a second thought.
3: Hmm.
1: And I have been hit really hard, right in the face. With how do I how how have I you know perpetuated these things? How have I carried those into the next generation? Um, growing up with some of those things? How do I change? How do I be that change in my own family line, you know, my my lineage, you know? Um, How do I be some sort of a stopgap for for some of that? And how do I wrestle with, you know, looking at a person in my family who has been an authority figure in my life for a long time uh, and say, I don't think you should say that. (laughs) I just don't, I don't think you should be saying those things. And being received sometimes really well, uh, and other times written off. Laughed and, off. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, uh, I think, but but that doesn't change how I need to respond. Mm. Uh, well, Their receptivity to it, I don't think, currently, I hope, I, man, I hope in 10 years, I think differently than I do now. I hope I've grown, I hope I've grown and matured, and that, God has shown me more things in 10 years than I, he's shown me now. And then I've, I've received it and grown. But <clears throat> the way that I think now is I don't think their receptivity based off of those things should change how I respond to them. That should change how I bring, bring up the fact that, man, that I don't think that was a healthy remark to make, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think that's healthy for our, for our culture. Um, Whether, whether I'm laughed off or whether I'm received with love shouldn't change my, my, my conviction in that, I think. Um, and so, like, like I said, this question, just how do you love, how do you love people? Uh, how do you love people who seem to be engaged in some of those things? Um, I think it's the same way we love anyone, you know, unconditional, uh, even in differing opinions and, uh, I think we have to we have to engage those for the same reason we would say to uh to a person who doesn't really view themselves as um having any sort of racism in their life the same reason we would encourage that person to en- get engaged with somebody else who thinks a little bit differently looks differently is the same reason I would need to be engaged with someone who uh doesn't think that they have any racism in mm. their life or whatever. Like, I need to keep all those different influences in my life. Um, that's how I think God challenges us for growth. Mm. Um, so, yeah.
2: I'll grab a hold of a passage that we, we've heard quoted a lot, but I think this applies. Uh, Jesus' incredibly strong words in Matthew 5. Uh, he says, you've heard the law. He's quoting the Old Testament that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Jesus did this a lot. He reframes it. He says, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're only kind to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Like, that's that's the word for our emailer. That's the word for me. Yeah, me. Is Mm -hmm. pray for the people who persecute you. The people who disagree, the people who push back, the people who write you off, the people who get frustrated, we're supposed to... Not condescendingly pray for them. We're supposed to pray for their good. We're supposed to love them right where they are. Uh, boy, that's a
0: God, how how subversive tough word. is that? Like that's, that how is how subversive is so is that? anti
2: everything that we. It's not lash we back. know and live. It's not right. fight against. It's no. not protest in a in some kind of you know violent. Uh, I don't really want their good. I want to win kind mm-hmm. of way. It's it's incredible. It's a, call, it's a call to a different life. Anybody who thinks the life of a Christian is not meant <laughs> to be radically different than everybody else is missing the words of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Okay, everybody seems to be racist in your little circle. Love them. Pray yeah. for them. Want their good. Who are you? They get the rain just like you do. They get the sunlight from, from our Father just like you do. Mm. He, lo- he went to the cross for them too. Wow, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, Ooh. man. That's uh, tough. Oh, man. It is well, tough.
1: That's tough to hear. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, as, as you as you said, you know, hopefully in ten years, I think from from the other two of us that are more than ten years older than you, one of us more than me. Yeah. Um, you know, we <laughs> significantly I, I older. can I can easily look back and say, Man, yeah, ten years ago, like yeah. I'm so glad that I have continued to learn and continued to grow because Ooh. ten years ago me was an idiot. Like I was <laughs> stupid. <laughs> And I hope in 10 years, I continue yeah, to look back the and same go, thing, yeah. and I just yeah, didn't, I just, I, I've continued to grow and learn, and, yeah. you know, the years of wisdom that's sitting across from me about to, no, no, he's not going to. That would be me. Oh, yeah, you? you're okay. talking about me. You segued great. So, um, you, you segued. <laughs> I'm going to save you there, uh, or, or save myself. Are we
2: segwaying to this week's? Yeah, I, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. I thought that was a good segue. Yeah, it was. It was. You, you just, I mean, as you
0: as you said, you know, we are called to live a radically different life, which brings us to um, what we started talking about this week in our new series called Transformed. Yes, and uh, lay the groundwork here for us before we dive in.
2: Man, it's Tanner. You even said it for you personally. It's it's we're stepping into this teaching series that's all about change, all about God changing us, growing us up. And it starts with what you just articulated, Tanner. It starts with this desire on each of our parts. I know God's not done with me. I know whatever, fill in the blank subject matter, race, poverty, uh, politics, uh, marriage, parenting, uh, what I do with my money. Uh, how I'm a neighbor to somebody next door to me, how I work with these people, some of whom I really like and some of whom drive me crazy, e- whatever blank you want to f- fill in, how does God want to continue to grow me up? How does God want to want to change the way I think specifically? Because everything follows from the way we think. So that's where we're going with this series, is to really wrestle with that initial transformation that God offers us in Christ, and that ongoing transformation that he invites us to embrace in, in not copying what the world's doing, different, different values, morals, beliefs all around us, but holding scripture high and, and seeking him out and listening well to him and, and chasing after. Man, I, I'm 51, I hope I, I can fight off just getting irritable and, mm. and complaining about my aches and pains, and which I know is coming. Because the body just <laughs> continues to fall apart, and I hope that I can instead of that, I hope I can become more and more like Jesus as I get into my 60s and 70s and however long I have so yeah that's where we are with this new teaching series is really I think a really good next step coming out of some hard subject matter is to say how God' still working on us and helping us think differently yeah
0: well you um, you, you launched right into it and said um, we're going to start a new series. And then we're also going to talk about homosexuality on the podcast tomorrow. So
2: yeah. Where do you want to jump in there? You know, I mentioned the H word (laughs) sometime back, I guess it was the fall. And, uh, and I literally just mentioned it and you would have thought that I threw a Hiroshima bomb grenade in the middle of our church, (laughs) you know, um, which I exaggerate. Uh, but you would have thought that I made some strong statement and I didn't. Uh, in this case, I realized I took it a little step farther. I told a story. Uh, I shared a story of Beckett Cook, who has now written a book. Uh, and, um, oh, man, what's it, what's it called? Can you look that up while we're talking? Yeah, keep I think going. it's called Change of Affection or something like that. But he has uh, come out uh, as, as someone who struggles with same-sex attraction, uh, was a long-time practicing homosexual uh, grew up in Dallas, ended up in L.A. I told his story, in part, to uh, to share with our people, just a, an incredible story of of transformation. He he did not know Jesus before, he did not know the gospel before. He he grew up going uh, to a Catholic church a little bit, I think, but really had never engaged with the life changing grace of God. Yeah. And only as an adult did he, in the midst of his dis- discontentment and his searching, did he encounter some Christians and get invited to a church and encounter the gospel and then devoured the Bible and devoured Christian community. And he saw God change him from the inside out. Now, he happened to be gay. And and so um, I did exchange emails with uh, a friend here from Colonial who um and I know I trust is listening right now. That was a little bit of frustrate, a little bit frustrated, if not a lot. In that, it sounds on the surface like, oh, he used to be gay and now he's a Christian. And I'll bet a lot of mm. our folks heard that same thing. Yep. And I want to be really clear: uh, this guy still is very honest about how he has he has zero attraction to women. He still. After now following Jesus for 12 years, he got a seminary degree, he's written a book, he's speaking, he's involved in his church, he still has zero attraction to the opposite sex. He still has attraction to the same sex, to men. But he, in his conviction, he has shared, you can read his book, you can, you can hear him speak, he has shared that he's con- he is convinced that the scripture teaches homosexuality is not God's design, that it is against God's design, in fact, and that he is going to be celibate and he is going to chase after, just like the rest of us, becoming more and more Jesus-like, loving his neighbor, um, pursuing the things of God, advancing his kingdom. That, for some folks who are uh, gay and wrestling with their own spiritual journey, uh, may not like to hear specifically Beckett's story. Because they still associate um, our interpretation of that story with, well, he used to be gay, and now he's Christian. Um, I would, on that note, way better justice to his story specifically, and maybe even some helpful resource. I want to pass this on to our listeners. There is a particular podcast episode that is a, uh, a great, long interview of Beckett Cook, Beckett Cook, along with uh, Preston Sprinkle. And Preston Sprinkle is one of my favorite authors and theologians. Uh, he has a regular podcast called Theology in the Raw. Uh, so right away, maybe some of you are attracted to that because he's he's just really down-to-earth and honest. Um, he's not a pastor of a local church, and so I think he gets away with a little bit more. <laughs> he's not trying to please anybody. He has a little freedom. A little freedom. Uh, but he's got a huge following, and he specifically runs an organization called the uh the Center for Faith, Sexuality and Gender. The Center for Faith, Sexuality and Gender. And he just he just does an incredible job of looking at the issues of sexuality and explaining the implications and the applications of scripture on those issues. Yeah. He's really sharp. Mm-hmm. Way way smarter than me for sure. <laughs> He's really well-read. He's friends with a ton of LGBTQ right. plus people. He's doing life with them. He's not just in an ivory tower talking about it. He is very orthodox and, and arguably conservative in his interpretation of Scripture. He's a kindred spirit of mine. And so um, I would encourage any of our listeners, one, go to this episode, Theology in the Raw, it's episode 798. Uh, it's an interview again with Preston Sprinkle and Beckett Cook. We'll include the link in our show notes. You said 798. 798. All right. That's yeah, a great we'll include that so great interview that will give link. you a little little bit uh, better understanding of Beckett's story and Preston's heart. And then check out Preston Sprinkle. Go to the go to his website. It is uh Center for F O R centerforfaith.com. And there's some great resources for our parents dealing with the issue of homosexuality with their kids, for, for anybody wrestling with their own journey, for, for Christians in general trying to have a better understanding. Um, what I hate is that, let, let me finish with this. What I hate is that the general perception, no matter what any of our listeners think is true, here's what's true. Most people think we hate gay people. Yeah. Can we let that sit in for a second? Ugh. Most people in our American culture think
3: Christians hate gay people.
2: It breaks my heart. Yeah. Because I know some people do. That's where that perception comes from and say awful things. The people walking around with God hates fags signs out there, represent us even though they're nothing like right. us but they represent us and ah oh, it breaks my heart because Jesus proved to us that he is he, he he's crazy about everybody and he meets everybody right where they are and he calls us to do the same and our churches should be welcoming places even if we interpret the scripture which i do that says that's not what god wants for you but this community is for you. This journey includes you, and I got my issues, baby. I got mm-hmm. my issues. I am not where God wants me to be any more than you are, and yet we just isolate and we elevate that issue of homosexuality so so highly, so separately that it becomes a huge sticking point. So you you look at the the Barna research, the top three adjectives to describe Christians given by non. Christians that have been surveyed. One is hypocritical. Mm. Can, I, can I interrupt for a second? Don't you wish it was generous? <laughs> right. Or Ugh. So many words that it would or be Or kind. Great. Right. Or loving. No, no. The number one word used to describe us, Christians, Hypocrite. by non-Christians, hypocrites. Number two, judgmental. Mm. Don't, don't, you, don't you wish it was patient mm. <laughs> and compassion? No, it's judgmental. And the number three word is anti-homosexual. Mm. So we have to own that we ha- As yeah. a church, colonial As a Christian movement That represents Jesus We have to own that there's a huge barrier Right out of the gate To us to, For us to overcome To really meet people like God wants us to meet people Which is they already think we hate them right. So I don't want to lead with Leviticus that says yeah. Homosexuality is wrong I don't want to lead with Romans 1 That includes Paul talking about you know, all these different sin issues, including homosexuality. I want to lead with Jesus. Yeah. I want to lead with this is what we're called to do and to be. And we can figure out the rest as we go along. We can figure out what God wants for us and, and the better he has for us. That's about as far as I want to go, at least in today's podcast. I, I did want to intentionally call our listeners to... Uh, we, I know we've got a number of... I've talked to two different families this week that said, man, I, I really want to talk about homosexuality. We deal with that as a, as a family, mm-hmm. and we love Jesus, and I don't know that we're ha- handling it well. So if nothing else, I want to remind all of our listeners, man, can we make time for coffee? Can we make time for a Coke? Can we make time to to go for a walk together and and just talk? Can we sit down face-to-face and, and not talk at each other in an email or on a podcast uh, we were made for life on life, even the hard stuff.
0: Well, Um, I think that's, I think even, even as you, as you bring that up in a way to do it, like that's, that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, growing up in the way that I did in the churches that I grew up in, um, I don't know that I ever heard anyone ever say that we hate gay people or, you know, anything derogative in, in, in that kind of a manner, but, it was like they were excluded. And so I, I lived most of my life growing up, and I didn't have any of that proximity next to someone yeah. that I knew was gay until college and then until um, a job that I worked later in life that I was surrounded by people of all different lifestyles. And so it was like in proximity that changes things so much, and it's so much different to love somebody or to— um, uh, you, you don't treat them like an issue because they're a person that you know and you love, mm-hmm. and so it's a lot harder to say, well, this issue that I have now grouped you into and and none of the rest of you as a person, as a, as a human being that God has created that that bears the image of God, Yes, I can't just lump you into that because yes. I, I love you as a person and I know you as a person and not just something that, that you know, <laughs> those three words, like, how awful is that? Yeah. Those are the three words that people know Christians by.
1: Well, I think we... <clears throat> I'm sitting here kind of silent cuz I'm kind of just taking it all in cuz to be honest with you, I don't really know how to respond to something like this. I don't know I don't know what to do, what to say, how to make it better. I just don't. Um what I know is that um I'm called to love and what you what you kind of just shared as far as the number 3 ways of describing it, it breaks my heart, man. It, like I don't want anybody thinking that of me just because I might be tied to something. I I think, man, we just.
2: Well, I know you mean this. More importantly, you
1: don't want Jesus represented like that. No, right?
2: I,
3: yeah,
1: it. That's not Jesus. That's not that's who not, Jesus is. That's not we. We, dude, I just feel like in any in any scenario, whether it was the conversations we've been having the last couple of weeks, whether it was the, a conversation we've kind of began uh, this weekend, uh, more conversations coming in the future. Like, we can't lead with challenge. Like you over and over and over again, yes. we just want to lead with challenge. I and think that's a great word, it's young so, Pastor Tanner. It's so much <laughs> messier than that. It's yeah. you, you can See, only Jesus, challenge to the level of invitation. And Jesus sometimes had a few,
2: Jesus had a few moments of leading with challenge, but time and time and time and time and time again, Jesus led with love. He led with compassion. Period. He led with proximity. He led with listening. Um, there's a there's a time and place for challenge, right? But man, I, I you're you're on a huge point. The church has led with challenge when it comes to homosexuality. Shocker, people have scattered. Yeah, people have run because that doesn't work. It divides, it alienates, and it misrepresents. Absolutely. I'm sorry I interrupted you. But no, you, it's you, good. You're, I, you're preaching. That's
1: just I. That's where I'm. That's just my my thought process right now is I, I, I don't have, I don't deserve any right to bring any challenge to somebody that I don't have a relationship with. And sometimes I don't, and I may be speaking with again, goes back to in 10 years, maybe I think differently. Um, I just, sometimes we're not called to challenge people. Like sometimes we are called to, to specifically give invitation. And what if our invitation is just that all it is, is invitation. Mm. It's, it's relationship. God, the Holy Spirit is far more capable of challenging people than we ever could be. Hmm. It's his job to convict. We, I, we,
2: we, think, we think it's our job to yeah, convict yeah. people, and yet the Scripture is pretty clear. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. Um, I, I do want to add that don't, don't miss out on this resource. Uh, both of what y'all are saying here, Preston Sprinkle's best book that I've, I've been impacted by, People to be Loved, why homosexuality is not just an issue. If you read one book, if you wrestle with homosexuality and Christianity at all, that, that's my first choice. Preston Sprinkle, People to be Loved, Why Homosexuality is Not Just an Issue. We'll include that link in the show notes as well. His centerforfaith.com is a tremendous resource. Uh, you're going to hear me go back to Preston Sprinkle and the centerforfaith.com uh, a lot in the, la- in the next few years, I think. They're just leading the way in helping, helping me as a pastor and a brother in Christ to people. Um, delve into this issue.
3: Mm.
0: Well, as we are um, told to think, you know, we're, we're led to think differently and be, be subversive from everything else that's around us. And um, a, a quote came out to my head of, um, along the same lines, it's, it's not my job to change a, a gay person or to save a gay person. It's my job to love them. And that's it. But so as we are trying to think differently you asked the question i thought this was a great question um how are we being subtly uh brainwashed <laughs> i just thought it was like man that's such a good and uh, such a good question and heard it I, in in another form uh of of doing an audit of the people that we listen to throughout the week so if you look at the people that okay wh- you know whether it's a a news source or um Podcast you listen to, or us, or uh, are you listening to your your Bible? Are you listening? What what music are you listening to? What are the things that you may not think about that are are shaping the way that you think and you view the world and that you uh, interpret scripture or whatever? But but doing a doing a a look through it and saying, okay, so who's forming your thinking? Like, how are we being brainwashed into wherever it is we're heading? You know, are we listening to? Uh, different points of view, or do we only hear the same one? do we only listen to the same news source? do we only read books that fit into this category? Yeah. do we only listen to this kind of music and um, I just thought that was a great great question for us to to wrestle with as we as you go through your day like what is it that's <laughs> you you, brainwashing put it, you put
2: it probably less uh... Um, egregiously, you know. Like my question yesterday in the in the teaching time was how are how are we being brainwashed? And I like how you put it better is why don't we do an audit? <laughs> why don't we do a self examination of where we're getting our information? Um, because I, I think it's almost that simple. Is 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 make, let's make this about math. How many minutes or hours in a given week am I spending reading the scripture? And, and listening to God through the scripture, listening to God in prayer as I walk around outside versus how many minutes or hours a week am I watching situation comedies? Right. Or am I binge watching, you know, dark shows like like Ozark or, or dare I say it, my favorite show of all time, Breaking Bad, or, you know, like wh- how... It's, it's, it comes down sometimes just to math. I, this is what brings me, if I can digress, to, okay, why, are we, why would we ever talk about politics? Why would we ever talk about what it means to be a, a good citizen in our country and be a Christian? Well, guess what's happened over the last 20, 30 years? Pastors like me have stopped talking about it, mm. and where are our people? We're watching the news, the, the, typically the, the same news program. Every day, it's 24-7. We've got social media where we're being inundated with news about politics. And so at the church, we're either not talking about it at all, or we're talking about it for three minutes or 20 minutes or 40 minutes at a time. And all week long, we're being indoctrinated, or we're at least being taught. Don't, you don't have to be such negative language. <laughs> brainwashed. Do, do, Things we're heard But we're, we're being hearing. taught. We're soaking up in large volumes uh, from other sources. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just, you're gonna hear me teach on this next Sunday. It just comes down to where are we spending our time getting our information? It changes the way we think. It's not rocket science. If I spend more time in Scripture and I spend more time with some people who are challenging me in understanding the Scripture, guess what's gonna happen? I'm going to change the way I think into how God wants me to think. And that may sound so elementary and so obvious, but how, are okay, all right. How are you spending your time? Yeah. How am I spending my time? Hmm.
0: And as you said, we are meant to think
2: differently. He wants us to. I really, Paul's been convicting me um, in part because I'm a leader. But, but in part, just because I'm a child of God, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm saved by Jesus for something, not just from something. And so to be the person he has saved me for, I've, I've got to think differently. I've got to see the world differently. Uh, I've got to be open to, I've got to be teachable. I've got to be willing to learn. There's an there's a old dude in our church, one of my favorite people that I won't name, and I love so much about him. But one thing I don't like is he says, that's who I am. That's who I am. And you know what? Oh, God help me never say that. Because, uh, I th- was it Popeye? I'm dating myself. Yeah, it's I think Popeye. Popeye I am said, what I, I am. And what that's I am. all that I am. <laughs> no, no. That's the opposite of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel says, you are not yet who I'm making you into be. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not done with you. Oh, you're 84? Guess what? I'm not done with you. Mm-hmm. And so, are we teachable?
0: What's the Elevation song?
2: If I'm not, if you're not dead, then God's not done. Uh huh. Yeah. I haven't heard that. I like that. Yeah. Do we do elevation songs here? Yeah, we do.
1: We just did. <laughs> we just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's right. That we count? did it this weekend. Legit, just did it. So you I, hold on, hold on, okay, hold, on go, hold on, go, ahead, go ahead. I don't <laughs> want to move fast because you, you you were talking about like the church being we're soaking up all these different sources, and it's interesting because the hour we spend on a weekend it counts for 0.5 percent of our weekly time. And so it, it is only like, it only makes sense. If we're not talking about this in church at all, where are we getting some of this stuff? And I love the quote. You actually shared a quote from uh, a Trevin uh, Wax. Yeah. You said, The great need of the world is a church that offers something other than an echo of its own times. Mm. And I'm like, that speaks so deeply to me because, mm. because the world is transforming. And we are transforming as people, so would it not stand to reason that the church and the way that it responds to the world needs to change with it? Mm. Um, there are, I have many friends who would rather we don't talk about stuff like this. We want to go, okay, okay, homosexuality, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that's off on the side, but God. Uh, uh, politics, yeah, 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 okay, 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 but God. Racism, yeah, yeah, okay, but God. And I'm like, yes, but God is in this, in the middle, in the thick of all of that. And we can't just, we can't just move past some of that stuff. I don't know what to say. You know, I, I don't know the right thing to do, but I know that if we don't discuss this, nothing is going to change. Nothing is, it, it, it actually might change. It, it, at best, nothing changes. At worst, it, it gets worse. And we see more and more division, more and more uh, compartmentalizing, and yeah. and what you said, what you said, kind of early on in 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 your in your message, God wants all of us, you know, He yeah. wants our time, our, our sexuality, our finances, uh, and, and most of our all, most of all our affection, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, it's got to be all of that, all of that, all of it. All of it. I live in a world I, I, as a Christian. As someone who works on staff at a church, I live in a world where I'm inundated with social media posts and yeah. politics and all those things. And the church, if, if we can't discuss these things, the church is not helping me learn how to live out my Christian life mm. in light of what's going on in the world. Mm. And I need help doing that. So for me, for my kids, I want to know how to do this better. Hey, And on that note, can I make a plea? Um... I
2: have one or more people in my head that call Colonial Church home who don't like that we've been talking about, you know, race. Um, I have one or more people that come to mind in my head that disagree with how I interpreted Matthew chapter twenty-five hmm. as a teacher. I have one or more people that come to mind in my head who are gay, who probably don't like something I said yesterday or today. Um, I have one or more people that come to mind in my head who are police officers who are have expressed some frustration with us even using the term blm on on a sunday morning like we did with our interview with with uh with david youngblood yb if all of those people i just mentioned leave and go find some other tribe that agrees with them I'm going to cry and crawl into a fetal (laughs) position in the corner because the church is meant to be all of those people who are chasing after Jesus together, who, who agree on the essentials, who agree, Jesus is King. Jesus wants all of us. Like you just said, Tanner, uh, and how we apply it to all these different aspects of life is fair game. How we, how we wrestle through and disagree with each other and work out Maybe one or more areas where where one of us needs to change our thinking, and maybe maybe one or more areas where we just agree to disagree, but we keep doing life together. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart and frustrates me both that we find something we disagree on and we just go find some other group that agrees with us or that at least maybe they're not talking about it over there. Yeah. And so, so we assume that they, so we assume the irony is, Oh, if you knew what? Oh, you're going to such a church now. Yeah. I'm friends with that pastor. If you knew what he thought about this same subject matter, you wouldn't have run over there. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. I long, and, and it may be idealistic on my part, I may grow our church, you know, down to 83 of us <laughs> uh, with the best of intentions, but I just want us to, to do the messy, like like I'm thinking of my gay friend who's listening right now, I want to do life with you. and And maybe we are just so terrible at the way we represent who Jesus is that you can't get past that and we can't do life together, at least in a corporate setting. Can we please hang out? Can we please talk about the hard stuff? Because that's my heart. My heart is that we do it together. There's stuff we don't talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about. I love that Y B said, as brothers in Christ, we should be able to talk about anything. Yeah, we should be able to go, yeah, I don't see it that way. I'll see you tomorrow. yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um maybe even get really frustrated and maybe even hurt by each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but we keep short accounts. We model for the world what it means to forgive each other and love each other anyway. I'm just I want so badly for colonial more and more to represent Jesus well in the way we even disagree with each other and do messy stuff together, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's good. Well, you, you talked about some of the things in our culture. You, you gave us this list, so I'm, you know we've got only got a couple minutes left here, so I want to popcorn these to you and throw them out. And, and uh, if we're supposed to think differently, how do we scripturally think differently on these, on these specific things? So um, respond to these, if you will, here, Lauren. Um, you said that, that culture says religion is important, but it's private. How do we think differently?
2: Oh, time and time again, Jesus said, "Go tell the world. Go, go, go! Tell everybody about me." Um, there's no way. There's no way we can compartmentalize our religion into the corner. Jesus calls us to the opposite. Yeah, flat out, over and over and over again. Culture says, "Follow your heart." How do we think differently? Oh, the heart can be wicked. Scripture <laughs> tells us. Uh, The desires of our flesh can overwhelm what God wants us to be all about. And so, no, 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 we can't just follow our feelings. And I'm a feeler. I say this knowing I'm Mm -hmm. a feeler. We have to think differently and be grounded, anchored in what is true, even if sometimes, if I just go with my feelings, I'm not going to be faithful to my wife. Mm. Like, my head has to tell me, no, that's not what God wants for you. Yeah, I know that you're attracted to that woman, but I have created you for monogamy. I've created you for, for commitment to this woman she is the one that you're to lay your life down for. So, so it can't, it can't just be follow your heart. We, we love that. Cause it's this free do what sounds good. It, no,
0: no. Our culture says love is a feeling. It comes and goes.
2: Love is a verb. Oh, uh, DC talk. <laughs> did we just go back to the, you did. Yeah. Is that the eighties or the 90s? Uh, probably nineties. Yeah. DC talk. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I'm totally <laughs> cracking up. Uh it's, it's a verb. It's it's a It involves commitment. Uh, it's way deeper than a warm, fuzzy feeling that we discover in our adolescence.
0: Okay, our culture says pull yourself up by the bootstraps, that self-reliance is a virtue. Ooh, I think I just stepped on. Mm, America?
2: All, all fu- I love my country. <laughs> I love my country. I love our culture. And one of the values we have is pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and do it yourself and be self-reliant. I think that's John Wayne or somebody, that's not, that's not Jesus. No, no, there, there are a ton of one another's in the New Testament. Look mm-hmm. up all the one another's, mm-hmm. bear one another's burdens, care for one another, love one another, uh, treat one another this way, that way, and the other. We are to do life together. And this idea of being self-reliant, I guess it's some kind of anti-communist thing and, and go America, it's, it's not from the scriptures. Mm. Our culture says, figure out your truth. What's true for you? Oh, I just heard Oprah say that last night in her interview with... Uh, we didn't even talk about... Was it
1: Meghan Markle? We didn't talk about
2: Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry. How did I that, didn't watch how it. Did, oh. I haven't you I've watched it, I've only read comments I haven't about watched it, so. it yet. My wife dragged... <laughs> <laughs> my wife told me I haven't watched it yet. You know, can I, can I be real? I didn't want to watch it. I had no interest. My girls were all watching it with my wife, who's totally enthralled. And I was so intrigued that after they went to bed, Watched it by myself. So how's that for? I well, think I lost my man card. I'm <laughs> Sorry. Oh, in, I know where I'm I was interested. going with this. <laughs> Oprah said, "Well, that's your truth. That's your truth," and it just drove me nuts because that's one of the phrases we hear a lot yep. of these days. Yep. You got to find your truth. Yeah, tell, What's your tell truth? my truth? You know what? If if your truth is that you know you can walk off a cliff and float across <laughs> the other side, guess what? You're going to find out. That's not truth. You can't. You know, truth is an absolute, and I just I. At, I don't see that in the scripture anywhere that yeah. we all have our different truths.
0: I'm with you. I agree that 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 phrase seems uh, when it's used, it seems funky, and it always sticks in my head because it's like you, we say, "Well, you need to tell your truth." Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think I the guess time that I, means
2: perspective, your perspective. I think and so, and thing. that's when I
0: hear I, it the most is when we're talking about like um, it's like uh, sexual harassment or oh, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that, and I'm like, yeah. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that you need to tell your side what of the happened, story yeah. or your, yeah. you know, what you've experienced, but I think it, it easily can be. I just wish m- they wouldn't use the T word. misconstrued mis- but it may be
2: truth for them. Not, th- I know, I know, I know. Oh, you I know. just, I did right, you just skirted the uh, the phrase. Yeah, maybe what they perceive to be true. Right. So, uh, anyway, I thought that. Why was... Why are you lobbing was, all these things? I know, me, right? Man. It's okay. interesting. Our culture says.
0: Our culture says, figure out what makes you happy and do that. Oh, couple more.
2: Uh, you know what? I think. Uh, again, what does the Declaration of Independence say that we're the life, liberty, life, and liberty, and the pursuit of, of happiness? happiness. Uh, I'll just offer this up as a challenge. Show me in the Bible where it tells us God wants us to be happy. Show me in the Bible where anything about pursuing life that God made us for, life grounded in Jesus Christ, is correlated with a pursuit of happiness. It's not in there. In fact, you can make a stronger argument that he calls us to suffer. Yeah. Mm. Just do your homework. Go look, go look Go look in the Bible about that.
0: Our culture says, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it's fine.
2: That's a very myopic way of looking. Like, what if it's not what God wants for me? Uh, what if it? What if it's not what would actually help other people? Maybe it's a neutral thing, but it doesn't help other people. Um, I don't. I don't have anything in scripture that specifically comes to mind there, but that's just not consistent with define
1: me. hurt people. Define what hurts people. Yeah, that's what makes me think of is. There's lots of an emotional trauma that has happened from people just doing what makes them happy and what they want to do, and I'm like, yeah. define well, how God, that
2: hurt. Well, and I would even add, God didn't make us to not be hurtful. God made us to advance the kingdom. Those, mm. are, those are two different directions. Yeah, mm. Not just go into the corner and not hurt anybody. No, no, no. He calls us out of the corner, into the mess, to advance the kingdom, to love people, to risk, to give, to contribute. So it's just to say, oh, I'm not hurting anybody is a very... Selfish, uh, myopic view. I think. Yeah.
3: Please, All right,
2: I'm, I'm done with your softballs. That's
0: fine. Down the middle, my softballs. <laughs> well, we we're we're running out of time here, so I think we're just you know we're we're left with uh, we're meant to think differently with a a subversive Jesus that is not the hide in the corner and not the only challenge without loving people and being in proximity to people. So, um, last call. Anything else you guys want to talk about real fast before we uh, wrap this sucker up?
2: The only thing I will add is I saw somebody at Eighth Street Coffee this morning, mm-hmm. and if I can be this candid, um, I recognized him, but I didn't know his name, and it's one of my least favorite moments as a pastor, is, is seeing in their eyes they know who I am, and I don't know who they are. So please, for, all you folks that call <laughs> Colonial Church, please forgive me. It's one of the weird things of being on a stage and in front of a lot of people, is there's just a ton of people who feel like they know me that I don't know. So all that to say this individual looked at me and he just said hi and he said they've they've really enjoyed engaging with us online these past few months and he said do you think we're we're about to all come back together because our family's getting excited about it and we're excited about going to two services as of Easter Sunday and I he said we're hopeful that that more and more people are going to come back and I just want to say with all the disclaimers of not knowing about what the virus is going to look like in a few months or a year. And with all the disclaimers of not knowing how many people we have really lost in this scattered season, I'm so excited with this individual about getting the band back together, about, <laughs> about having fun together again, as a church family. Cause I think one of you guys said recently, we, we, we haven't had fun in a while. Like there's so much serious aspects of our conversation, so much serious aspects of of following Jesus. Part of it is just the joy of doing life together and eating food and throwing a frisbee and Mm -hmm. laughing and uh, frisbee too random. Throwing a frisbee. (laughs) I just I just want to be with my people, you know. And so I want to end with that. Is Um, I just I don't know what it looks like, but would would you out there? Would you prayerfully consider coming back to church? Would you prayerfully consider? Um, use your use your head about what's what's cautious and right, and maybe it's still a few months away. I don't know, but I just want to selfishly get the band back together.
0: Also, if you could go ahead and wear a name tag that has your name and how <laughs> Lauren knows you,
2: that would be super helpful. Let's just be gracious with each other too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Please, if I'd say the same thing, if I. If I if you come to me and I have to ask what your name is, please forgive me.
2: <laughs> and that is not because we're a big deal. That's cause we just have this weird my role memory is terrible. of being being in front of people and not getting to do life with with our fairly large church. Not everybody. And uh and yet we're made for relationships. So thank you all you folks that introduce yourselves 13 times. I actually think that's that's kindness and it's love. very kind. It's not yeah. weird, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: All right.
0: Guys, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening for uh, all 10 of our episodes. We appreciate it. We will shoot for number 11 next week, uh, if you could. Leave us, a, uh, leave us a review. That would be great. We would love to hear what you think. We would uh, love to make this easier to find, and we also, even more so, would love to hear from you because we want to include your questions in our conversations and what we talk about and how we deal with all of this stuff. So podcast at colonialchurch.com. You can email us a question, you can fill out a form in our app, you can go to colonialchurch.com slash podcast, and you can click on a link there. There's a million ways that you can do it. You can email us, you can call us, you can do whatever you'd like. We just we want to involve your, your questions. So thank you for those of you that, that did send in your questions that we were able to get to this week. We really appreciate it. So that's it. Wrap up number 10. We will pick it up next week. You've been listening to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can send your thoughts or questions to our email at podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.